Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, Springheeled Jack. And as always, we're going to get started here after a few brief disclaimers. First and foremost, I use advertisements in this show that I do not own the rights to. They're from Grand Theft Auto predominantly, and I had nothing to do with the making of them. Nor do I stand to profit from the use thereof. Second, at times people have deemed this show to be offensive. If you're one of those people that's easily offended by everything, turn the show off now and spare me the negative reviews. Because one of these days I'm going to go through the negative comments and flame you on the show. And no, I don't give a shit. So if you are one of those people, this is your last chance. Please turn the show off and uh, politely fuck yourself so that we can go about our day. Hey, do you want to feel so energetic? Try Power Thirst. Energy drinks for people who need gratuitous amounts of energy. With all new flavors like chocolate. Chocolate energy. It's like adding chocolate to an electrical store. Sound the alarm. You're going to be uncomfortably energetic. What's that? You want strawberry? Well, how about rawberry? Made with lightning. Real lightning. Sports. You'll be good at them. It's an energy drink for men. Energy. These aren't your dad's puns. These are energy puns. Turbo puns. Science, energy, science, energy, electrolytes, turbo lights, power lights, more lights than your body has room for. You'll be so fast, Mother Nature will be like, slow down. And you'll be like, fuck you, and kick her in the face with your energy legs. You'll have so much energy, energy, uh, just running all, all the, the time. time. Power running, power lifting, power sleeping, power dating, power eating, power laughing, power spawning babies. You'll have so many babies. 400 babies. Give chocolate to your babies and they'll be good at sports. Make your babies run abnormally fast. They'll run as fast as Kenyans. People will watch them running and think they're Kenyans. They'll race as fast as Kenyans against actual Kenyans and it'll be a tie and they'll get deported back to Kenya. Hey, go with the sure thing. Don't gamble on your energy. Snake eyes. Try Power Thirst, the energy drink that will make you uh, sort. Uh. <sighs> what are you waiting for? What if everything you ever wanted came in a rocket can? like banana, fizz bitch, and gun. You've had the worst. Now try the thirst. Quencher. Power thirst. Side effects include glowing sweat. Use your sweaty body to fuel sweet rave parties. Power thirst. Anything is possible. The sport you'll invent because you'll be too energetic for normal sport. You'll feel like a fighter jet made of biceps. What about me and my blue collar? Juice Turn that every man into a beverage. Beverage stands for beverage. We interrupt this advertisement to blow your mind. Power thirst now comes in women. Now with preposterous amounts of testosterone. Preposterone. Think fast, douche fag. Power thirst now comes in doves. Oh, hubcatting. Similar to bear blasting. Oh Lord, why have you forsaken me? Cannon. When God gives you lemons, you find, find a new god. Power thirst. God Mary, King of the Jews. <laughs> Onyx 
Unacceptable! Drink Power Thirst and you'll win at everything forever! You'll win at running, football, arson, weddings, and arts! You'll even win at irony! Oh! Top score! Still unconvinced? We'll check out these testimonials from real Power Thirst drinkers! Boop! 400 babies! Boop! Boop! Power Thirst! It's really- Oh! Oh! Boop! Thirst. It's like crystal meth in a can. It's crystal meth in a can. Power thirst is crystal meth. Warning: may contain anacornicoba. <gasps> well, that just about sums it up for me. God damn. Uh. Well, if you guys haven't noticed, today's a very special episode. I like to do something kind of similar at the start of every summer, and that is tales from the open road. But before we get started, I'm going to play you a clip. In the similar theme, as our episode is today, but I want to see who's the biggest fanboy of them all, and whoever messages me first with the origins of said clip, you win absolutely nothing other than props, and if you'd like, I'll give you a shout-out, but I'm just playing it because I recently heard it again, and I think it's spooky and fitting, and bonus points if you can figure out where it came from. And here's the here's that uh, that snippet that quote, if you will. It's not long. Don't worry, you uh, impatient listeners. The stories are coming. And as always, these stories I have not read before. I picked them purely based on their title when I searched a keyword on creepypasta.com, and that keyword was road. We men of the road must stick together. Perhaps one day I'll be in trouble, and you'll be nearby to help. And like I said, a gold star to whoever tells me where that came from. Not that I don't know. I fucking know. But do you? Alright, so the first story this evening is going to be titled Crossroads. As always, it's from creepypasta.com. During nightly hours of yore, in a time of hour and war, I would sit on a dank oak bench with my eyes shut. Calm enclosure. Oh, for fuck's sake. Then my eyes open when I sense a figure approach me with grace. One of nature's eccentric frights perched itself above my shoulder. It croaked into my ear, with its feathers amusing my bare shoulder. Sharing glee with its mother. You're about to get fucking gonged so hard. Ah, how the wiry can descend to the depths of despairing sin. This absolute essence in seduction to persuade another. Learned by my petite ones watching of a man's... Alright, shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. Well, that's gotta be a first. That's a fucking not even two minutes in gong. I don't do cold Edgar Allan Poe knockoff poetry readings. Nice try. Try to sneak one past me. I guess I tried to sneak one past myself. I picked a name that I thought would be spooky, and that's what I get for being a bitch. <sighs> All right, this next one's called the Desert. Oh no, this next one's called the Desert Road. <laughs> oh, that's a strong start already. Working late one night, preparing for a court appearance the next morning, I was somewhat taken aback by the sudden breath of the long-forgotten but supremely familiar scent of the desert air. All right, I'm listening. 
a phantom smell. I was in Boston, far away from the desert back home. Why that particular scent came upon me, I couldn't say, but it brought back a strong and a disturbing memory. Back when I was in college, I had a remarkably upsetting experience. I was 24, mostly broke, driving an ancient car that had been passed down to me from several previous owners. Just strangers on the side of the road. Hey, boy, come here. I got something for you. This here's a 97 Ford Taurus. Piece of shit. I want you to have it. <laughs> or, come here, boy. I got you a PT Cruiser. It might run. Did might not. But, you can swap the body with a Dodge Neon, which is another piece of shit. You're welcome. Two cars for the price of nothing. <laughs> I was a good kid, though. I never got into any trouble when I went home on the weekends. I still lived with my parents. They were always glad to have me, or so you thought. Even though Dad threatened to turn my bedroom into a game room. <laughs> Not the kind of game room that you thought, playboy. <laughs> Come here, Mom. Plus, not, you know what I mean. Plus, free laundry machines and food. In my estimation, there was nothing better than my mom's homemade macaroni and cheese. There still isn't. I did well in my studies and was working towards a degree in social work with a focus on child advocacy. My mother used to say I was born to serve. <laughs> Your mother used to call you a bitch. <laughs> that night it happened. I was driving home from school, heading towards home. My drive was about three hours long and included a very lengthy stretch of desert road. A lonely highway, especially at night. It always creeped me out a little bit, so I typically tried to get through that area before the sunset and left the road in inky blackness. There was not very much to see during that drive anyway. Sparse brush dotted the shoulder of the road, sometimes and skittering across the blacktop, stirred by whispered breaths of air, or the occasional car. With the windows down, as they usually were, probably because your air conditioner didn't work, <laughs> I could smell the creosote and desert sage. The fragrant dry air was how I knew I was nearly home. I usually had the radio cranked up to deafening levels to distract me from boredom. I heard that. Got that new Taylor Swift plan, huh? Word. That particular afternoon, I'd gotten a late start, so by the time I got to the desert, the shadows were already drawing long and purple lines over the scrub and rocks, and the sun crowned golden on the bluffs ahead. Well, that sounds beautiful. What do you have to complain about? Sitting in my office, I was transported back in time, caught up in the memory the phantom scent brought with it. I saw the chick walking down the long stretch of road from about a mile away. All right, time out. If this turns into that old story of I picked up a girl and drove her home and then she disappeared, poof. I'm not going to be surprised. The desert road, so straight, so fucking boring. I saw her immediately. She was out of place. A blip on an otherwise empty radar. Even from far off, I knew she was a she. I also knew that she wouldn't be way out here unless something was wrong. Yeah, like she dug herself out of the grave that she was in? Jesus. My mind processed all this pretty quickly, and I resolved just as quickly that I'd stop to see if I could help. I'm a decent guy, you know. That is, I try to be. You're trying to get trying to get some. Don't try to fool anybody. It's the only reason anybody stops for anybody. 
As I got closer, I saw the backpacker, her long blonde hair in a ponytail, draped over the pack like a tassel, hiking boots. From behind, she was something. <laughs> that was for sure. I couldn't wait to get a look at her face. Wouldn't it be great if I rescued a beautiful damsel in distress on a long, deserted highway? I killed the radio and started humming Hotel California. Yeah, if she's backpacking, you're not going to save her from shit, bruh. She wants to be out there. I rolled to a stop just in front of her and waited for her to approach, my hands totally visible, <laughs> totally visible on the wheel. Oh, man. It was getting dark fast now, though. The tops of the faraway hills were still kind of bright. It was sort of dim and purplish down the road. I didn't want to freak her out by jumping out of the car. You know, strange guy in the middle of nowhere in a car that barely runs. Kind of seems like a plot to a bad B-horror movie. More like the end to a lot of people of the road's life, unfortunately. Anyway, sure enough, she walked right up to the car and then right by it. Like I wasn't even there, she just kept going. Same pace. Boots putting distance between her and wherever. She was definitely moving. At that point, I did jump out of my car. I said, hey, yo, bitch! You okay? She paused, turned her head around, and looked at me like she was confused. Yeah, why? Oh, I thought you might have needed help, you know, like a ride or something. Nope, I'm good, thanks anyway. She turned around, ponytail swinging, and continued hoofing it. It's because she's backpacking, you stupid fuck. I stood there like an idiot, watching her walk away and didn't know what to do. The desert was super dark at night, got pretty cold too, even in the summer. No shit. Admittedly, she didn't seem concerned about her situation. It's like, like she packed for it, huh? And that backpack looks stuffed full. That's backpacking, brother. I guess she probably had camping gear in there. No shit. Maybe she'd be alright. But I really didn't like the idea of just leaving her out here. It bugged me, you know? Out here looking all hot. I jogged a bit to catch up with her. <laughs> just fucking left the neon. Ugh. You Okay. You again, she asked, giving me a sidelong glance. She didn't even turn her head. She did not stop walking. That's right, girl. Keep going. I guess so, I said. What do you want, she asked. Like I said, just thought you might need help. It's getting real dark out here. Like, really dark. The desert isn't friendly at night, if you know what I'm saying. And the next town isn't for another 60 miles. You sure you don't need a ride? I promise I'm not a weirdo. I promise, she said, marking, mocking my tone, I'm really okay. Well, if you're sure, I said, doubt lacing my voice. I'm sure. Leave me the fuck alone, she said, clearly dismissing me. She kept walking. The disrespect. I looked back at my car, which was further away than I expected it to be. Did we really go that far? Had I run after this strange woman for that long? I shrugged my shoulders and jogged. A little more quickly than before, back to my car. I started hyperventilating. She was pretty, but not in a blow-your-socks-off kind of way. Not in a murder-her-in-the-desert kind of way, huh? She seemed hard, like I was. Like she'd been there, you know? Maybe she had a hard life. Yeah, you know what, dude? You catch somebody backpacking through the desert, their life's not going well. How do I know? I've done it. <laughs> I sat behind the wheel of my car for a couple of minutes, mulling things over. Do I leave her out there? Do I shadow her? I mean, it's not like she wouldn't know I was there, but it would make me feel better knowing that she was safe. You're creepy, bruh. You're creepy as shit. 
But wow, another 60 miles to town even at that pace was pretty quick. That would take forever. The desert was unsettling at night. Did I take her at her word and just go on? Alright, so you're in California. You're headed north, no doubt. And you're on that stretch of the PCT from fucking Tehachapi to Mojave. As I watched, the shadow swallowed her from becoming dimmer and dimmer. Finally, she was barely visible, and then not at all. The sun was only just touching the very lips of the hills, now full and dark. They had taken over the road. I got a serious chill down my ass. I was afraid. Or I wasn't afraid, my mistake. Exactly. I had literally been down this highway before. A lot. But that chill, man. I was definitely a little weirded out, you know. It's not every day you find a self-aware, determined, clearly capable blonde chick walking down the road in the middle of the desert. I decided to let her be. I needed to get home anyway. Yeah, you know what, dude? You were driving down 395 in springtime, and you saw an early PCT hiker. You're weird. You're creepy. You should know what's around there Where if you're driving through there every couple of weekends. As my neon started moving, I began looking for her to appear in my car's headlights. Oh, he claims to drive an older model Chevrolet. It was really ugly, but it ran like a champ. One headlight pointed straight ahead and kind of up a little, and the other pointed off to the right side of the road. I've gotten used to the weird blind spots with the headlights. You got one cockeyed and one fucking pigeon toed? Oof, you are a shitty car owner. <laughs> oh, man. All right. But when I didn't see her after driving for five minutes, because truthfully, I should have seen her, she couldn't have gotten that far away yet, I started to get concerned again. I drove for another five minutes and still no sign of her. You were way too familiar with a stranger, young man. She's probably hiding in a ditch waiting for you to drive away. <laughs> You know that little voice in your head that tells you something? Trust me, that voice usually has pretty good advice. That depends who you are. And yeah, I really should have listened to it that night. I told myself she just veered off the road to make camp for the night. She's hiding in a mine shaft waiting for you to, to disappear. I told myself maybe I just missed her. My headlights were stupid. I told myself maybe she'd switch sides of the road. So she's invisible, if that were the case. So she could see oncoming cars at night. I told myself all manner of thing to try to convince myself not to double back to check on her, but I did. You're such a fucking creep. I turned my PT Cruiser around in the middle of the road, in the middle of the desert, in what felt like the middle of the night and went back to the way that I came looking for that blonde broad. While I was driving in the opposite direction, that little voice was literally screaming at me to make a Yui and get on home. That voice can be pretty stubborn. But then again, so can I. You know? And I, would di I didn't listen. When I'd driven for 10 or 15 minutes back the way that I'd come, I convinced myself I hadn't just missed her. She was not there. God damn. God damn. I'm gonna have to track the bitch down. Why should I even care? Why am I making this my responsibility? That's a good question, because you're a creep. I'm just a regular 24-year-old guy. I do not need to take on the world's responsibilities, you know. But I'd feel terrible if I got home, went to sleep in my nice, safe, warm bed, only to wake up tomorrow morning to the news that that girl was found run over in the desert. Ugh. You were the reason that women don't hike alone. 
After another hasty U-turn, I was headed back towards home again. I feel better having the nose of my car pointed in that right direction at least. I stopped the car and snagged my cell phone from the passenger seat. There's no signal out here, so it was pretty much useless, but it had a flashlight. Your car has headlights too, fuckboy. I activated the little light, which felt like a beacon of hope, and left my car to go visit the trunk. Is that where you put the hiker? The dark surrounded me like a blanket. Well, actually, that's not true. Blankets are warm and comforting. Feel like your mom. And hugging you. That was creepy. And the darkness was not comforting. I rummaged through the shit in my trunk and unearthed the giant bright yellow floodlight I kept back there and yanked out two of those triangular emergency reflectors. Once the floodlight was on, I deactivated the little flashlight on my cell phone and tucked the phone into my ass pocket, slammed the trunk shut, and set up the reflectors behind my car. I really didn't want anybody, if anyone came along, to accidentally pile-drive my little shit wagon. I figured I was being pretty responsible, you know. Yeah, you were the reason that if I had daughters, they would take a buddy on this trail. God, dude, you're fucking weird. Anyway, I finally turned the giant light towards the desert on the right side of the road and stood there sweeping the light back and forth, back and forth. I saw not much more than some low, scrubby brush and a bunch of rocks. It was pretty flat and lifeless, maybe an occasional cactus or two, but nothing else. So because you're scared of the dark, this broad trying to enjoy her night camping inherits your debt. Staying where I was, I turned and swept the light across the left side of the road, and there's nothing. God damn it, where are you, bitch? Back on the right side of the road, I looked at my feet and stepped down about four inches from the pavement onto the rocky desert. Taking a deep breath, I said a little prayer that I would find the girl and everything would be fine. Dear Satan, please let me find the blonde broad. We would laugh at my stupidity and I would go on my merry way. Moving forward, I continued sweeping the floodlight slowly back and forth, back and forth. It was so quiet out here. Yeah, there were the occasional sounds of small dessert creatures. You fucking idiot. Scuttling here and there, but nothing major. I listened pretty carefully, too. I was pretending I was a witcher. I could hear the crunch of my own sneakers, and that was about it. After walking for about ten minutes, I decided I should make a wide arc and return to my car. There wasn't anything out here. I turned a little bit and began the route back to my car, swinging that floodlight around as I had been. And then I did see something. I really only noticed it because it was out of place, a long shape among a bunch of flat nothing. The reach of my floodlight was pretty goddamn far, and this something, this shape, was at the far end of my light, off to the left. Keeping the light trained on the shape, I headed in that direction. I was actually feeling pretty hopeful because it looked like, at least from a distance, a sleeping bag. The chick had bedded down for the night under the stars among the desert scorpions. Ugh, scorpions. Love the band. Hate the insect. As I got closer, I realized I was right. It was a sleeping bag. And hope filled my nostrils for just a second. Hope filled my heart, rather, when I recognized the blonde hair. Hey, yo, bitch! I called too loudly in the dead quiet, and there was no response. I found it hard to believe she could have fallen asleep already. Hey, blonde chick! 
I called again. I actually said it that way because I knew it might make her respond to me. Girls don't usually like to be called chick. I expected her to respond with her name at least. Nothing. No sound. Finally, I was within easy reach. And what I saw had my heart beating right out of my chest. The girl was there on top of the sleeping bag. Her blonde head propped up on her backpack. First, I thought she was really asleep. Or at least faking it. She had her hands laced together on her stomach, but when I got right up close, I could see I was wrong. Her face was gone. In its place was only a sticky skull. Skin, eyes, and muscle having been eaten away by desert creatures. Her blonde hair still mostly attached. The effect was horrifying. Her clothes... She was on top of her sleeping bag, not in it, were dirty and torn. I could see where creatures had eaten holes in her body. I could see right through her femur. I could see her femur. Oops. I couldn't look away. I was simultaneously terrified and morbidly curious. I wonder if she's still warm. <clears throat> but finally, I noticed the blood, long since dried, that had pooled in copious amounts underneath her. A giant dark stain on her sleeping bag the handle of a large hunting knife sticking straight out of her chest, just under her sternum. Realizing the truth and suddenly feeling like a coward, I ran. Oh, suddenly you're not tough anymore? Booked it back to my car as fast as I could go. I was so grateful for the giant floodlight because I never would have found my car without it. I think I drove the last 60 miles to town in about 20 minutes. My first stop is at the police station to report what I'd seen. It was only as the story was coming out of my mouth that I understand what I'd really seen. The girl I'd talked to on the side of the road. The one I worried about enough that I went searching for her. She was the ghost of the body I'd found covered in blood in the desert. The officer I'd been talking to watched me carefully, understanding in a second what I'd only understood myself, just barely. As daylight came, man, that was the longest night of my life. I was in the back of a police car headed out on the desert road once again. I had to explain everything to them and that I would never be able to find the exact location again. Everything looked the same, but they insisted I go along. After a while, the officer who was driving said to his partner, Look, Mick, that's rude. Look there, he was pointing at something ahead and off to the left a bit. I craned my neck to see what they saw. They were looking at two triangular emergency reflectors and some serious skid marks on the asphalt. I still had the newspaper article somewhere. Jesse Norris, runaway, aged 18, missing for nearly a year, finally discovered in the middle of the desert. Though there wasn't much to go on, time and elements having washed away any real evidence, it was surmised she'd hitched a ride and was murdered by whoever picked her up. Her parents, at least, were glad to finally have some closure. Yeah, I'm sure they were stoked. What the newspaper article never mentioned, however, was the means by which she had been found. The officers and the staff writer for the newspaper had both decided it would be best to leave out the part about the ghost. She still haunts me. I see her face, so world-wise and weary as she spoke to me when I'd offered her a ride. I prefer to remember her like that instead of as the nightmare skeleton she'd become when I finally found her. Years later, Mom will sometimes call me to report Years later, Mom will sometimes call me to report another sighting. Jesse is still hiking that long stretch of desert road. Woohoo! I know I talked a lot of shit, but that was spooky. 
Jennifer Shell. Oh, female. Well, you're still creepy. I don't give a shit. Hello, my name is Yogi Apetipaka. Yoga is a way of slowly making your mind and body one. But we haven't got time for that. We've got to keep it interesting. We finally made yoga American with bloodlust, failure, and swinging. It's Darwinian yoga. Each class takes you to the edge, and only the strong survive. You not only improve yourself, but feel doubly better because someone else is failing. Darwinian yoga revealed the inner truths. I'm rich, successful, and throwing it all away on multiple women. I'm drowning in pussy. It's terrible! Sounds like a serious case of sex addiction. Buy my book, 13 Steps to Heaven, today. 13 Steps to Heaven. Available in the discount bin at bookstores everywhere.